We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those big swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. We do welcome you into Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. Off to a rousing start to the program. If you'd like to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. Man, we got a lot to get to today. Full two-hour. We're going to have a lot of full two-hour programs over the next uh, couple weeks. Next week is a really weird week for the Cardinals. They're only going to play one night game next week. So we're going to have... Uh, portions of at least four shows next week, which uh, I'm happy about. So uh, we're going to be with you a whole bunch for Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Here's what we got on the program tonight. A lot of Cardinals baseball. Cardinals off today. Tomorrow they'll open up a weekend series against the Mets. There was uh, one of the themes that was coming out of the Cardinals clubhouse yesterday was support for Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel from key players, most notably Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, uh, each with very pointed comments about their support for Ali. And there is, there's a lot of fans out there who don't want to see Oliver Marmel uh, managing this team anymore. There's a lot of Cardinal fans out there that think that Marmel has lost the Cardinals clubhouse for whatever it's worth. I can tell you that's not true that if you believe that you're incorrect, uh, but the yesterday was the day where we got the most pointed comments from big name players showing support for Oliver Marmel. And I know the the first reaction to that I saw it on Twitter was, well, what what else are they going to say? Well, they're going to say nothing. I, they don't have to go out of their way to show full support for their manager. It was a it was a genuine thing. That was done yesterday by a couple Cardinals players uh, trying to make a point about their belief in their manager. So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that uh, on the program today. We'll talk some Blues hockey. Andy Strickland's going to join us in about uh, 10 minutes. The Blues making some changes on their coaching staff. We'll talk some uh, City SC soccer uh, coming up at 635. Uh, We'll talk with uh, one of the uh, Apple TV MLS season pass broadcasters that will be on the call uh, this weekend. 
We'll touch a little bit more on the Oakland A's situation as the A's are getting set to leave Oakland and head to Las Vegas. Some comments made by Rob Manfred that are not sitting well with a lot of people. And we'll touch on that. There, there are so many similarities to what is happening with the A's leaving Oakland as what we saw with the Rams leaving St. Louis. And we'll get into that coming up. Uh, and then the second hour, 7 o'clock hour, that is the strike zone hour. We'll get more into the comments made by uh, Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt. Um, we'll also uh, preview this uh, Mets series that's going to be uh, coming up uh, starting tomorrow as the teams are going to be gone for a while. They are not going to play another home game for about a week and a half. They're going to play three games in uh, New York, three games in Washington, and then they're going to head to uh, London after that. So, um We'll, um, we'll, yeah, we won't see the Cardinals at home for quite some time. We'll see what they're able to do uh, when they, uh, as they go through this period of playing a lot of games outside of uh, St. Louis. We had a show yesterday. Um, it, it's, it's just not good right now, and it's there's no real reason to believe that it's going to get uh, especially better for the Cardinals at this point. What what they've got to do is just turn things around on their own. There's not an answer. People are coming up with answers, and I don't think any of the answers that people are coming up with are going to make this team much better. Firing Oliver Marmel is not going to make this team much better. I do think they can go change out some players on the roster, but... Uh, but that, that's easier said than done at this point in time. I'd like to see them bring in some relief pitchers from outside the organization. Of everything that is possible, that seems like the one that maybe you could do. I, we're, a, we're over a month away from the trade deadline. I know there's people out there that say, well, when, when the pushback is that there's no market yet and the no, you know, no trade market yet will create the market, I think that's, I think that's easier said than done especially when it comes to starting pitching and middle-of-the-order type bats, you know, difference-making, impact-level bats. Because any team that has those kind of players that they want to trade away, they're going to want to wait until closer to the deadline where you're going to get a lot more interest and you can try to create a bit of a bidding war amongst teams. That's why this is a really, really tough time to pull off a trade because teams are just going to sit back and say, you know what, we'll get a better deal in in five weeks from now, in six weeks from now. Why are we going to do this now? The one thing I don't, maybe I'm I'm talking out of a, a place of ignorance here. I don't think I am. The one area that I think you can make better and make better quickly is relief pitching. There are guys, there are overpaid guys across Major League Baseball that teams would be willing to trade right now for not that much. You just got to pick up their salary. And I, I think those guys are out there. I think they exist. And we're not talking about difference-making, all-star caliber type pitchers, but we're talking about guys that have a certain level of consistency we're talking about veteran guys who have been around for a while and guys who would be good for that bullpen because that is an area. There's been so much made of the team's save percentage. They're 15 of 30 in save opportunities this year. Now, not all those games are ninth inning saves. If you come into a game in the seventh inning and your team is up by three runs or less and, and you give it up, even though you're not the pitcher that would have been pitching the ninth inning that day, you were not going to be getting a save. You can still be charged with a blown save in that situation. They're 15 of 30 in save opportunities. I think the one area 
that if they really wanted to uh, go make this team better right now, and they're will, they, they'd have to bring on salary. They would have to take on salary. But there are some bad contracts for relief pitchers across Major League Baseball. And if you're willing to go eat those contracts, you can probably go bring in some guys who would make the bullpen better. Not again, not talking about superstar, all star level type guys, but guys who are going to be a bit more consistent than what you have in the bullpen right now. So if you're looking for an answer, that would be my answer. Go find some relief pitching, and I think things kind of get better from there. All right, uh, again, later on in the program, we'll give you an opportunity to chime in, calling, texting, tweeting. But when we return, we are going to uh, shift gears. We'll talk some hockey as uh, Andy Strickland is going to uh, join us. We'll talk about the uh, new uh, assistant coaches that the Blues have brought in. They made that announcement yesterday and what that means for this team moving forward. It's the Graveyard Sports Open Line on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX. A great bar sports open line does continue here on KMOX. Earlier this week, we learned that the Blues had uh, completed their coaching staff. They announced a couple hires. Mike Weber is joining the team as an assistant coach, and uh, Michael Babcock has been hired to be the skills coach. To talk about that and much, much more, we're very happy to welcome onto the program Andy Strickland. You see him as the Blues ringside reporter on Bally Sports Midwest. You also hear him on uh, the uh, Cam and Strick podcast. Follow him on Twitter at Andy Strickland. He joins us right now on the Quiver River Electric guest line. Andy, thanks for your time. How are you? Ah, all is well. No complaints whatsoever. How are you tonight? I am good. This uh, these coaches kind of look a little bit different. They're they're younger than what we have seen uh, previously. What was your initial reaction when you saw the choices that the Blues had made on who they were bringing in? Although they have familiar names, yes, right? yes. <laughs> I love I love how everyone's saying Michael Babcock. It's not Mike Babcock, right? <laughs> so uh, he's going to Columbus. And obviously has a long history. Listen, um, this is kind of what, you know, Doug Armstrong talked about a little bit, you know, wanting to, you know, find ways to maybe have a little bit of a better communication or better communication lines with some of the younger players. And, um, you know, they'll certainly be able to do that. You know, Mike Weber uh, is a guy who played for a while in the National Hockey League. He's got a good feel on the defensive side of things. He's been coaching, hasn't been a head coach, but he's been an assistant in the American Hockey League. Uh, He's been an assistant in the OHL coaching junior hockey with the Windsor Spitfires. He's got a long history and a long, you know, friendship with uh, Steve Ott. Those two go way back, and their families are friends. So I think he's going to be a good fit coaching under Craig Berube. And listen, they needed a guy, obviously, with Mike Van Ryan being let go. 
to uh, to run the PK, the penalty kill, as well as you know the defensive side of the bench. So, um, and I think he'll be good. You know, I mean, people who know him well talk about his uh, straightforward approach. He won't be intimidated to getting uh, this group of defense to play the style of hockey that this coaching staff is going to be asking of them to be committed to doing it. Um, that was an issue last year. I mean, this Blues uh, defense last year, they went through three different systems during the course of the season where they made some adjustments and changed things up entirely, which is is very uncommon. I mean, it's rare. I mean, you may do it once or twice throughout the course of the year, but to do it three times, that tells you, um, you know, there's a lot of inconsistency and they weren't happy with the way things were going. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. It should be good to bring a guy on, new voice, fresh voice, different personality than what we saw with Mike Van Ryan. In terms of Babcock, um, young guy, he's been coaching with uh, the Ottawa Senators in a skills role, similar to what he's going to be doing here. Um, you know, you talk to people who know him, and, you know, I've heard this for a little bit now, you know, like he's extremely smart. He knows the game. I talked to a few Ottawa Senator players today who have been working with him. Uh, they speak extremely high of him. Um, you know, and again, at 28 years of age, I think that excites you know, Doug Armstrong and Craig Ruby to bring a young guy on board. He'll be an eye in the sky, but he'll also help with some pre-scouting and some game planning and stuff like that. So I think he's got that ability as well. So new voices, new faces uh, coming into the fold here with St. Louis. Doug Armstrong spoke openly at the end of the season that it's up to him to kind of understand what makes younger players tick and, and things like that. Is that kind of one of the themes of this offseason, this entire organization, understanding younger players better, if that makes sense? Maybe. You know, I mean, listen, uh, I think sometimes we can make too much out of that. Um, I mean, there is a difference with the younger generation, there's no question, but at the end of the day, hockey's hockey. Uh, these guys want to come to the rink. They want to work, and they want to get better. And, you know, I mean, you, anybody who's been around young people over the course of the last 15, 20 years, yeah, there's some differences. But there's also, um, I think, you know, a situation where the approach doesn't have to change all that much. Um, you know, there can't be that much difference between a 25-year-old and a 30, 31-year-old, you know. And that's what you find with a guy like, Braden Shenning's 31, you know, Jordan Cairo's 24, 25. I mean, and we're talking five, six years difference, yet we we kind of talk like, like Jordan Cairo's, you know, 12 years old or something. You know, he's a grown man. He's 24, 25, right? So there can't be that much difference. These guys are hockey players. Um, and I think the good coaches learn to adjust and find ways to communicate with everybody. Uh, no player is the same. Individually, they're all different. And you have to find, you know, um, the way to get the most out of that individual player. What makes them tick? Um, how do you mo- go about motivating them? You know, every, everybody's different, no matter who it is. You're different than having kids. I mean, you know, sometimes, listen, I've got three different kids. Um, I, I, I can, you know, watch one of my kids' games and tell them what I didn't like, and they're going to take that, and they're going to they're gonna take that to heart and go out there next time and try to be better. I could tell another one of my kids how great they were, tell them 25 things how great they were, and tell them one negative. And that's all she's going to hear is the one negative. She won't hear any of the positive, you know. So again, everybody's different. I think you got to find ways to uh, to communicate and, and find different effective tools to communicate with every individual player. And it's no different here with the Blues. A lot was made that this was Craig Berube's decision. Uh, Doug Armstrong had 
you know, the, the final right of refusal, I guess you could say. But uh, he was the, Barubi was the guy who was looking at resumes, talking to individuals, uh, getting excited about bringing people in. What do you think Barubi was looking for in terms of bringing in guys who he knew was going to make the team better? Um, I think communication, personality. you got to have a good fit with the personality to fit in with the group, with the coaching staff, too. I know everyone focuses on chemistry with the team, and for good reason, but these coaches spend a lot of time together. And it's got to be a good fit with the other coaches. I will say this about the Blues coaching staff for years, and I'll throw in Davey Alexander in there as well, who's the goaltending coach, with you know Steve Ott and Craig Berube, and Mike Van Ryan was a, was a good big part of it. These guys get along very, very well. They hang out together. They interact together. They're on the road together. They're going to dinner. They're having beers together. All of that. And so that chemistry – um, needs to be there. You got to have uh, the right personality, the right mix of coaches too. So I think, you know, that's a big part of it. You know, he played. Um, obviously, has a lot of familiarity, like I said, with Steve Ott. So you know, they're they're very close. Ott and uh, and Craig Ruby are extremely close. And I think, you know, as much as he made a positive impression on Craig Ruby, I think Ruby's putting a lot of faith and a lot of trust in his relationship with Steve Ott as well. Becomes he, you know, because he comes highly recommended from Odd. So, um, and Steve Ott understands the type of personality and the type of person that's going to fit in well and mesh well, you know, working under a demanding coach like Craig Berube. So, I think that's what he's looking for: personality. But you know, X's and O's. Obviously, you got to know the game, which he obviously does. You know, he's played the position, um, and so he's got a you know, firm handle on how to coach defense and the defensive side of the game, and and also the PK. The PK is going to have to get better obviously, from what we saw a year ago. It's a big reason as to why the Blues missed the playoffs. A couple more things for uh, Andy Strickland. Did the Blues miss Jim Montgomery? Was that a, was that as, uh, a very big loss for this team? Um, I think sometimes we can uh, overstate that. You know, I mean, listen, it, it's, it's a loss because he had a great relationship with a number of players on the team, and he's a very smart coach and a very good coach. But, you know, I mean, his, his team lost in the first round of the playoffs, too, you know. So it's like it's not an automatic that just because you had Jim Montgomery, who, by the way, was on the bench last year when the Blues lost to Colorado in the second round. I mean, um, you, listen, coaches move on. You know, they come and go. Um, he's a great coach. There's no doubt about it. Did they, did they lose something by, by not having Jim Montgomery around? I don't think there's any question that they did. But I think to kind of put it all – or to put too much emphasis on that, I think sometimes you can get a little bit carried away with that. But there's no doubt Jim Montgomery was a great coach and a huge part of the Blues' success when he was here. Let me finish you off with this. The Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup. What can teams learn from really their entire existence? Because they went from expansion team to Stanley Cup winner very quickly. They had some short leashes on, on some coaches. They had some good years, some not as good years, but in a very short amount of time, they were hoisting Lord Stanley's Cup, and it's pretty darn impressive to see what they were able to do in the, those just handful of years. Yeah, it's really impressive, you know, but they also had maybe a little bit of an advantage, you know, the expansion draft, you know, how they were able to find some loopholes in there, you know, get some really, really good players. Um, and, you know, they've made some real bold moves. You know, the way they go about their business, they don't mess around. Um, they've gotten, I think, rid of all but one of their first-round picks that they've drafted. Um, you know, you look at how many players that they've moved and they've acquired additional picks 
and they've been able to turn those draft picks into players. I mean, you go out and you get guys like Max Max Pacioretty, who you know they've moved on from, um, but you get Alex Petrangelo in free agency. Uh, you know, you make the trade for Jack Eichel. Um, you know, they they've been you know very shrewd in terms of how they've gone about their business and just being aggressive. You know, they've made the playoffs every year except for one. You know, they've been to the conference final several times, to the Stanley Cup final now twice, and obviously winning a Stanley Cup. So, um, you know, maybe they had the advantage a little bit, you know, in terms of, you know, they went out and got Mark Stone as another guy, obviously, who's their only captain in franchise history. I think the first original captain to win the Stanley Cup for their team, and talking about original captain for their franchise, since like 1943 or something like that. You know, it's pretty crazy. Um, So they made some huge moves. They've paid off, um, and, you know, they've, they've taken a lot of heat and some criticism along the way, you know, for not being very loyal, for moving on from, uh, you know, very popular players like Marc-Andre Fleury as an example. Nate Schmidt was another popular guy. Alex Tuck was a popular guy. He was a big part of their franchise. So they've been willing to make some moves that uh, I think a lot of other general managers around the league probably would not do, and they've been aggressive in moving on from first-round picks, which a lot of teams – aren't necessarily willing to do. So I'll give them a lot of credit, man. They've done it their way, and, uh, and now they're the Stanley Cup champions. So, you know, it's, it's you know, all the, all, the, all the craziness that we've seen. You know, they've been, you know, criticized for looking at every big-time player that was available, either in free agency or at the trade deadline or via trade, as like that shiny little toy at Christmas that they just had to have. And, um, but it's paid off, you know. I mean, they're the last ones laughing now as uh, Stanley Cup champs. He is Andy Strickland. He is the ringside reporter on Blues Broadcast on Bally Sports Midwest. You also uh, listen to him on the uh, Cam and Strick podcast. Andy, thank you so much for uh, the time. I'm sure we'll get you on again uh, real soon. Okay, anytime. I appreciate it. Awesome. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. That's Andy Strickland joining us here on the program. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk St. Louis City SC. Uh, Jake Zivin's going to be on the broadcast this weekend for MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. We'll get uh, his take on uh, City SC coming off a not-so-great draw against the LA Galaxy, and now they are going to uh, match up against Nashville on the road this weekend. We'll talk all things City SC in just a moment as we continue on with the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is the Green Bar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it on a Thursday night. Continuing on, Cardinals are off today. They get back at it tomorrow night. We'll have the broadcast for you right here for uh, City SC coming off a disappointing performance this past weekend against the LA Galaxy, a, an LA team that's not very good, and City SC ended up playing to a 1-1 draw, and now they're back on the road. They played a lot of matches at home here recently, and they're going to hit the road to uh, match up against uh, Nashville. We are very happy to welcome on to the program. He is going to be on the call for uh, MLS Season Pass on Apple TV+. Plus. He is uh, Jake Zivin. You follow him on Twitter at Jake Z-I-V-I-N. Uh, 
Jake, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. How are you? Matt, great to talk to you. I'm doing well. Excited for this one. It's a big game on Saturday. Should be a really good test for, for St. Louis, seeing Nashville for the first time and buzzing to get out there. Yeah, what's your expectation? Because City, obviously, their record is, is very good at the same time. There have been moments in the season where they've kind of not performed to the level that they have, and I think this past weekend against uh, the Galaxy is a, a you know a good example of that. Now they were on a little bit of a short week. Obviously there's injury issues, uh, but it does seem at times City is still looking to find some consistency. That's MLS, to be honest, right? People who follow this league for a long time know it's really hard to be consistent throughout the season. Every game play at your best for for many reasons. Uh, Roster rules are are part of it. Teams maybe can't be as deep as they need to be given the volume of games that go on in a season. And parity. The league is set up like so many American sports leagues are for parity. So it's, it's just difficult to kind of, Always get a result. Always get three points when you think you should because there's not the huge gap between teams as there is in, say, uh, the Premier League. Uh, So, yeah, while, you know, there's been a couple of results that that haven't maybe been um, optimal for St. Louis City, they're still, I think, in in great form. They're still, um, you know, now basically through half a season have proven that they are a legit team, that that 5-0 start, 5-0-0 start was not a fluke. Um, so, yeah, my, my read on, on them right now is, is no different, really, than it was a week ago, to be honest. And I thought they played okay against L.A. If they finish one of those chances after it's 1-0 uh, to go up 2-0, which I think they should have made it that, then the game might be over at that point, and we're having a totally different conversation right now. You, you've you been around this league for a long time. How good is it for the league that you've got a team like St. Louis in a great market with great fans playing in a great stadium to be able to have this kind of start that they've had? It's about time, isn't it? It's about time that St. Louis has an MLS team. I don't need to tell you that. I don't need to tell the people of St. Louis that. My broadcast partner, Taylor Twelman, has been telling me that <laughs> for three months. Uh, and, and, and he's right, right? And, and I grew up in Chicago, so I knew that St. Louis was a big soccer city. I knew how important soccer was in the history. Maybe not to the detail that I do now, but I, I, I knew that, right? That St. Louis was a soccer town, a soccer city. So it's honestly a long time coming that an MLS team has arrived in St. Louis, and it couldn't have gone better. Uh, we were there for the first ever home game against Charlotte. It was incredible. We were back for the first of what I think will become a really nice rivalry against Sporting Kansas City. It was the same. The atmosphere had not dropped off. And sometimes you'll see that when, you know, the first game is always going to be special for any team at home. And then it might drop and dip as the summer goes on and there's, you know, games every week and there might be some, no, none of that at City Park. Blown away by the atmosphere both times I've been there. And to your point, the product on the field is there as well. That surprised a lot of people. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of doubt given to the St. Louis team and the way that they built their roster. But as I said, uh, uh, halfway through the season, you know, Lutz, Fon, and Steel, Bradley Carnell, everybody at St. Louis City, they've proved all the doubters wrong. I think we can say that right now. They knew what they were doing when they built this team. They built this roster. It's a fantastic addition to Major League Soccer. It pushes everybody forward and all expansion teams coming on you know, from, from here on out. Uh, and it's been awesome for us to be able to, to get out there and, and to call their matches. The team's been playing without Klaus for a while. It yeah. seems like he's been getting closer, but he's not there yet. So they've they've won some matches without him. Now it seems unlikely that uh, Edward Leuven is going to play this week, and he's not officially ruled out, but he hasn't been practicing. To right. To play without either of those guys, how much of a challenge is that? 
it is a challenge, and that's where when I was talking about building a roster and, and MLS and their salary cap rules, it can be difficult for any team in the league, no matter how long the team's been around, no matter how good the team is, to lose your, your designated players, your best players, your top salaried guys, is going to be difficult to overcome. I think St. Louis has done an amazing job of overcoming the loss of Klaus because those first few games, it looked like maybe they couldn't figure it out and maybe Klaus was really that important. But Nico Joachini has changed his game. He's adjusted to not having Klaus with him, and he's kind of filled a little bit of the role of, of what Klaus brought, uh, and the team has kind of got back on track, I think. Leuven is such an important player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been so impressive. And I think when, when everybody in the preseason was doubting the roster build and, and you know, putting, saying they're going to finish last in the league, I don't think many of those people had ever seen Edward Leuven play. I don't think they'd ever seen Klaus play. And it turns out these guys are really good. Uh, and, and, and so he's going to be, a, a, if he can't go on Saturday, that's going to be a big loss to overcome. I think what might even be more difficult is Jabula Blum. We know he's away. He's going to be with South Africa. He is with South Africa right now, so he won't be available. And him becoming healthy and him starting game after game, I think has been maybe the most important part of the team's ability to stabilize in kind of the post-Klaus era these past couple of months uh, as the six is kind of the destroyer in the midfield. He's been so important and so impressive. So without him, maybe without Leuven, without Klaus, that will be a tough task for St. Louis on Saturday. If you're Bradley Carnell, do you try to do the same stuff and just put different guys in those positions, or do you, do you change what you do based upon the personnel that you have available? Yeah, no, look, some teams, they might, right? They might be more pragmatic, and they might change what they do based on who's available, but, but not St. Louis City, I don't think. I mean, they, are, they have a, such a distinct philosophy. It is so well-drilled. Everybody knows their role. Everybody knows the system so well. That has been the defining characteristic of their season so far. I don't think you change anything. I'd be shocked if they do. They consider themselves a plug-and-play. They consider it team is the star. You know, Luch von Enfield famously said, we don't want designated players. We want a designated team. So their attitude, their mentality, I imagine inside that club is it doesn't matter who's healthy. It doesn't matter who's unavailable. Whoever, whatever 11 go out there, we're going to play our same way. Everybody knows the role that they have to play in this system. And that's St. Louis City SC soccer. And that's what we're going to do. So basically finish this sentence. City SC wins this weekend if they do what? I think if, if they, one, play, play their style, and if, if they can disrupt Nashville. Nashville has, for me, the best player in Major League Soccer, at least for the next month until Lionel Messi arrives, uh, and that's Hani Mukhtar. He is a special player. He's the reigning MVP, and he has had uh, an MVP-like first half of the season. I think he's the MVP of the first half of this year as well. He's not a guy that's always going to dominate a game. He is a guy that will step up in the moment as well as, if not better than any player in the league when his team needs him. So they've got to be on him and they've got to be aware of him for the entire match, all 90 minutes, and not let him get that moment uh, and not let him uh, you know, take advantage of, of what he has been able to do so far this season. If they can do that um, and if they can, with their press and their pressure, can disrupt Nashville, turn the ball over in advantageous spots and take advantage in those moments, I, I think they'll – uh, they'll succeed. It'll be difficult. Nashville's a good team. So Nashville's not necessarily a team that's great on the ball. They're very good defensively, and then they're really good in transition with Hani Mukhtar. So I am intrigued to see how that plays out um, with two teams that maybe don't always want to dominate uh, on the ball and how that kind of tactical battle plays out on Saturday. Uh, the, the Apple TV MLS season pass package is just 
Absolutely fantastic beyond the game broadcast, everything that else is going on. Uh, Apple's working real hard and, and making sure that everybody can get a taste of it, whether it's a, a free trial, whether it's putting some of the programming on YouTube, things like that. Can you just for, for soccer fans out there, what can they expect uh, if they uh, take in everything that's going on with MLS season pass? The best part about it is you know where to find the game every reliably every week in the same place. No blackouts, no trying to figure out where your team is going to play. That's not something the St. Louis City fans, the ones that are just kind of tuning into MLS this year, uh, are, are, will have had experience with, that sort of frustration. But I was the, the TV voice of the Portland Timbers for the last seven or eight years, and we were on, depend, the Timbers would play on, depending on if it was a local game or a national game, six, seven, eight different channels in their 34 games throughout the season. And it was always kind of a, every week fans would tweet at us, where's the game now? Oh, why can't I stream it? I'm here. I'm, I'm in Portland. I can't stream it. It's blacked out. I'm in Missoula, Montana. I can't stream it. It's blacked out. Why is it blacked out here? A lot of frustration. That's gone. You know you can watch the game, uh, MLS season pass on Apple TV every week, usually Saturday night, 730, where the game's getting kicked off. And and it's the coverage is just all about the league, right? And and all about the game. And that's something that the Taylor has talked a lot about. Of course, his decade plus at, at ESPN, he fought for coverage of MLS. He fought for for uh, everything to be taken seriously in that regard. And he took it so seriously. Obviously, he's so passionate about this league and the sport. And look, you're ESPN. You've got NFL. You've got NBA. You've got NHL. You've got Major League Baseball, college football, college basketball. It's tough to kind of get that airtime, that space to really go in depth on it. That's not a problem anymore, right? With MLS season pass on Apple TV, it's, it's all in. It's all about it. Uh, it. It's your one place for everything. And for me, and I know, you know, Taylor's talked a lot about this from his perspective. It's the same for me to be able to be in this environment where we can really be all in and authentically passionate about this league that we love. Uh, it, it's just been professionally fantastic. He is uh, Jake Zivin. He'll be on the call this weekend on the uh, TV broadcast on Apple TV and MLS Season Pass. Uh, Jake, thanks so much for uh, taking this time with us. Have a great call, and uh, we'll catch up with you again in the future. Yeah, cheers, Matt. Anytime. All right, very good. Jake Zivin joining us here on the program. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to dive in a little bit on this situation involving the Oakland A's becoming the Las Vegas A's and some of the things that were said today by Commissioner Rob Manford and the response to that from uh, Oakland. We'll touch on that coming up in just a moment as we continue on with the Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. He's America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Starting to wrap up hour number one of the program. Hour number two will be the strike zone. We'll go all baseball, all Cardinals throughout the uh, 7 o'clock hour. We'll give you an opportunity to chime in as well. We'll continue to go through the conversation of what the heck did the Cardinals do moving forward yesterday strong defense of Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel from some key players, and we're going to uh, key in on that just after uh, 7 o'clock. wanted to touch on some things that Rob Manfred said today regarding the Oakland A's 
exiting Oakland, which seems to be a foregone conclusion at this point in time. And I first off, we had uh, we had Danny Vietti on the show yesterday. He was at the reverse boycott the other day, which was a really really cool thing that Oakland fans did to show that this is a market that can support baseball if they're given a product that's worth supporting, and if there's a ball, there's a lot of things that needs to be better in Oakland clearly for it to work, and it's not going to work the way it sits right now. So Rob Manfred spent some time with the media today, and. One of the things he said was, the real question is, what is Oakland prepared to do? There was no Oakland offer, okay? They never got to a point where they had a plan to build a stadium at any site. And it's not just John Fisher. John Fisher is their owner. The community has to provide support. Now, there was a response to that today. Uh, It came uh, from governmental members uh, in Oakland. Uh, There was a quote that came out. in exact response to that saying, quote, this is just totally false. There was a very concrete proposal under discussion and Oakland had gone above and beyond to clear hurdles, including securing funding for infrastructure, providing an environmental review and working with other agencies to finalize approvals. The reality is the A's ownership had insisted on a multi-billion dollar, 55-acre project that included a ballpark, residential, commercial, and retail space. In Las Vegas, for whatever reason, they seem satisfied with a nine-acre leased ballpark on leased land. If they had proposed a similar project in Oakland, we feel confident a new ballpark would already be under construction. Oakland showed its commitment to the A's, and that's why the A's belong in Oakland. That is a strong rebuke, and bluntly and honestly, I agree with that. I think all of that is very true. What they asked for in Oakland was a big ask, and what they're getting in Las Vegas is arguably a better market, but a ballpark basically being built for them free of charge. And we've talked a lot about there is this there's this blueprint, unfortunately, in sports now. When owners want to get their teams to leave the cities that they're in, they intentionally tank their own teams make it clear that they're open for business, that other cities can make a run at them, and the city that's going to most support them, generally by building them a new stadium or a new ballpark or a new arena, that's where they are going to go. And it's unfortunate that that's the world we're living in right now when it comes to professional sports. Another thing that Manfred said, and this is where Rob Manfred is so incredibly unlikable. I got... As a guy, I'm not a real big fan of Rob Manford. He does a lot of things well. He has created great, great value for franchises across Major League Baseball. If you are a Major League Baseball owner, you are a friend of Rob Manford because under, under Manford's watch, the value of your team has done nothing but go up and up and up. And as commissioner, he is essentially an employee of the owners. It's not always been that way with baseball commissioners, but right now it is. He's essentially an employee of the owners, and if his job is to have the owner's best interest, he does that job well. But when asked about the reverse boycott, he said sarcastically, I mean, it was great. It's great to see what this year is almost an average Major League Baseball crowd in that facility for one night. That's a great thing. That is where Rob Manford is so freaking dislikable. That is 
That is Rob Manfred saying, referring to the World Series uh, trophy as just a piece of metal or whatever he called it at that one point in time. And he realized he made a mistake there because the players pushed back on it. It's so easy not to say that. It's so easy not to say that. Yeah, they drew 20,000 people, and 20,000 isn't a great number. The Cardinals were drawing 40,000 a day uh, during that Giants series, and, and the Cardinals are playing bad baseball this year with a bad record, and there's nothing overly special about the San Francisco Giants. I get it. But when you see the, the fervor that those Oakland fans had for it to just be completely dismissed by the commissioner of baseball, all you can do is look at them and see them and hear them, and just not like them. So unlikable. So incredibly unlikable. And shame on him for allowing those words to come out of his mouth. He should have never, should have never, ever said it. But you know what? He probably doesn't care. It's a great bar sports open line. My name's Matt Pauley. Back with more in just a moment right here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 